to give res show respect to the audience and respect your own business. It was a way to protect it. Ladies and gentlemen, heels in the faces, casual wrestling fans, and all of you smart marks, ah, and kayfabe focus. And I'm kayfabe AJ. And this is AEW After Dark, um, where we talk about AEW and give you the news and the reviews for everything in AEW. Um, but let's get right into the first match, which is a singles match. Uh, we have the Vipress, who is making her AEW debut, and she's uh, facing Big Swole, who is currently ranked number one in the women's ranking system at 12 and 4. Now, I'm usually not big on Big Swole, but this match actually gave me some interest in her. And the new girl she was with, what was her name again? Vipers. Vipers, yeah. It was a pretty good debut for Vipers, but I think what she did right was help get Big Swole to look a little bit better in my eyes. You know, she's big in other people. You know, a lot of other people like her. I'm not too fond of, you know, her character or nothing like that, but she looked good in the ring. I like this match. So Vipers came out looking like Sindel. From Mortal Kombat. And uh, it seems like she's a very good talent. You know, she kind of has the it factor a little bit. She has the look. You know, she could work as a great heel wrestler. Um, and I feel like her and Swole worked very well. You know, she grabs Swole's hair multiple times. Use it to her advantage. Um, the only thing is that is Vipers with missed one spot, which they had to redo. But other than that... This match was very, very good. I would say to check it out. Yeah, um, I definitely but, caught that. It was like uh, she was supposed to run towards the turnbuckle. Swole was supposed to jump over her, but Vipers wasn't in the right spot. So instead, when she ran towards the turnbuckle, Big Swole ended up catching this awkward like choke. Yes. Like, grabbed her by the throat, and then they kind of redid the spot. I will say, unless she was, like, really, really paying attention, it wasn't a botch that, you know, was so out there that it was distracting. But knowing how the, you know, seeing that spot done a million times, you could tell that they had to redo that spot. So the ending, we have Swole hitting the high, the Tiger Driver, and she then uh, transitioned into her. Her lion tamer, lion tamer esque clover leaf for the win. Swole is now thirteen and four, Damn. And, uh, and, and with her win loss records in singles women, and she's still the number one contender. Hopefully, her and Hikaru Shida, the women's champion, could mix it up very soon. As you know, it seems like Swole is uh almost getting to the point where. She's gonna be at the top of her game. Yeah, like I said, big, big showing for Big Swole. No pun intended. Well, actually, probably some pun intended. But yeah, for for the first time in a long time, I actually was impressed by her. All right. So, 
great match. So let's uh, go right into the next one. We have Big Shotty, Lee Johnson, and Aaron Solo. Both are Nightmare Factory students, and they're facing the Dark Orders number three and four, Silver and Reynolds, who are one in six in the 2020 tag team's uh, win-loss records. So Silver and Reynolds uh, came out with new attire. You know, they've been trying to push John Silver as uh, a strong competitor. He looks like a mini Brody Lee right now. He definitely does look like Super a, like a mini, Brody mini Brody Lee vibes. <laughs> and I feel like they're going to push him and uh, Alex Reynolds to the moon right now. I mean, when the match starts, they have Reynolds try to recruit Aaron to the Dark Order, but Aaron kicks Reynolds and punches him to start the match. And then, you know, it's a great tag team match. You know, that made... I feel like it it, it adds to their character. They're trying to recruit more and more people and such. But Aaron didn't take the bait. So, but the Dark Order's tag team chemistry is very off the charts. It's, it seems like they've been practicing together uh, for a while now. And, you know, they're always on point And their timing is there when it comes to the, them doing their tag team moves. And... And even and even on the opposite side with Lee Johnson, he's a great star with unlimited amount of potential. I don't know why he decided to join the Nightmare family. As they don't do nothing for nobody. They really don't. And you know, it's it's starting to show that. And Taz was mentioning that on commentary. But anyways, they need they need to give him a win soon. Um, Silver and Reynolds get the win. With a stunner that leads into a German suplex pin. With uh, Reynolds doing a flipped over bridge double team. Silver and Reynolds is now 2-6 and six in the tag team um, rankings. Yeah, I definitely see with the increased popularity of Silver especially. I definitely see them getting built up and possibly running for the tag team titles in another couple months. Yeah, you know, table for two. And guess what? Johnny's hungry. Johnny hungry. So, after that, we get a vignette with uh, Leva Bates. Says that she's uh, tired of being behind men. And says that she drops the dead weight and is ready to make a name for herself. I feel like it was a really good vignette for her. You know, it shows off that she's ready to take herself seriously. Has she even had a match? Yes, she recently got a win. At least. Yeah. I have I have yet to see her win like in a match period. Yeah, she recently she recently won on Dark to get to get her first win. And who knows, maybe the final person of the former initiative may get a win tonight. We'll see though. We'll see. Mm-hmm. So what 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 do you think about the promo itself? Um, I think she's been like underrated and and what she could bring to the table. You know, she was blue pants in NXT, so she has a charisma. We see her on B on BTE. She's, you know, a funny aspect of that, but I I like it. More more women to fill the roster, more people coming, you know, coming up. And at this point it was like, what was she really doing with Peter and Brandon? Nothing. 
Not much. Because the librarian gimmick kind of went to the side of their feud to see who wins first. So I'm happy for her. And like I said, the more women, you know, earning their way up and, and getting spots to hone their craft, the better. Because that's what's really suffering in AEW, the women's division. I mean, there's a lot of women in AEW, but there's none that's trying to break out and be that star. Except for a few. But uh, let's not get into that. Let's get into I just hope it goes into, like, a gimmick change for her. I don't know, because I think she's going to keep the librarian. Because uh, both, both uh, Brandon Cutler and and uh, Peter Avalon has moved on. So I think she's going to keep that. But let's get into the next match. We have Michael Naka. Naka. Nakazawa, who is currently two and five in singles competition, and he's facing Trent, who is twenty and eleven overall. Now this is a BTE storyline match. Uh, it seems that every time a wrestler does a botch, it's, it's gonna be Michael Nakazawa, uh, pouring Turkish oil all over. The ring and everything. That is probably the most genius, like, gimmick I've heard in a long time. Yeah, and it also... It, it gives a storyline reason for for people's fuck-ups. Yeah, and, you know, so... It also gives an extra fee match, you know, so the person who botched can, um, you know, gets, get a little it, bit of redemption. Yeah, redeem themselves. Pretty much it's like you're fighting your own botch when you fight Michael Nakazawa. Basically. So, you know, Trent is mad at Michael and threw his jacket and start the match. However, the tr- the referee had to go through Michael, Michael Nakazawa's trunks, not only in the front, but in the back Oof. as well, to get all the Turkish oil bottles out of, out of the match. So, Trent sees that and gets absolutely mad and uh, basically snacks the shit out of him. And, <laughs> you know, then Ma- Michael Nakazawa gives him a purple nurple. Um, and then eventually a diving shoulder tackle that basically had Trent go outside of the ring. And, you know, it was at that point, you know, or even Orange Cassidy was like, yo, what are you doing? You know, you got to get in there. And, you know, Trent got back in there and starts whipping Michael Nakazawa's ass, you know, and to the point where, you know, it looked like uh, Nakazawa it was going to lose. However... He finds oil in one of the turnbuckles oh, and starts pouring it all over him and uh, takes off his thong and goes for the thong claw. Thankfully, Trent dodged it and the referee took it away. Trent wins with three win strikes. Uh, Trent is now 21 and 11 overall, which includes singles, uh, trios, and tag team. Um, what do you think about this match? I think that's just plain old hilarious. I don't know if I'd want to be the guy opposite of Michael Nakazawa and his thong and all that oil, but just the fact that they give him storyline reasons for botches, which, you know, it puts him in that gimmicky role, but I feel like what else would you do with Michael Nakazawa at this point? If anything, this was a, a good plus for him. Trent really didn't need this match. He got a lot going on. On dynamite, at you know as it is with his stable, so pretty good, pretty decent. More you know more comedy for Michael Nakazawa. 
you know, this is just another another notch in the Outlaw Mud Show Wrestling Company at All Friends Wrestling. So, you know, <laughs> it's whatever. The next match that we have is another women's singles match. We have, uh, I believe she's part of the Nightmare family now. We have Red Velvet and she's facing... Oh, you the, mean Brandy's doppelganger? You mean Lil Bram Bram? That's definitely a little brand. Little brand. brand. If you look at her with a squint in your eye, that's brandy. That's if you look at her from the left side, that's brandy. And she's facing newcomer Tessa Price. Now Tessa Price recently has been featured on Dark. She's currently zero and two, and Red Velvet is two and eleven. And she's re- and she recently been winning ever since she formed an alliance with Brandy. Of course she did. Hmm, I wonder why. Of course so, she's winning now. Of course. But that but let's not take that away from her cuz let me just say Red Velvet is a great technical wrestler and she's able to dominate most of the match. Um I liked when Tessa knocked her into the turnbuckle and then mocks her little uh stir move. Um How about we just don't have Nightmare Family anymore? Like how about that? Where 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 where's Bradley out 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 here? Not even out there. Not even out there. Helping. Not even out there. Pointless recruits. So Red Velvet, uh, basically, you know, gets the win. She's currently three and eleven in singles. Um, like I said, I love Red Velvet. She she is a very great technical wrestler, and I think that she has a great future. She just needs to. Get out of that! I'm little brand brand. Is that it, it's role. it's the even the gear like, the style like everything everything's little brand brand. And it's like we it's, don't need somebody who already kind of resembles you, to be emulating you too. It's like it's like Brandy already has a cooking show and you, you're stirring things like you're in the kitchen. Right, right. She's like. She's the her brand. character is Brandy and she's Brandy Brandy's for YouTube, Brandy. YouTube show. She's Brandy for Brandy. Yeah, yeah. Cause you know you gotta have, you gotta have entrances for entrances and and whatnot. She's the Brandy character for Brandy. She she she's the little brand brand for little brand brand. Uh, All right. So <laughs> next we have a bubbly commercial. A little bit of the bubbly in a nice new silver platinum looking packaging. Yes. So go get that at a little bit of the bubbly.com. So next we have VSK and Baron Black making their tag team debut. They both have been featured on AEW Dark in the past, but this is their first time teaming together. And they're facing a private party who are currently. Nine and nine in the 2020 tag team standings. Um, I want to say that this is an obviously squash match. A private party basically do uh, does all of their tag team moves. Um, Baron Black changes the momentum at one point, and they do a good bow and arrow flipping senton. Um, that's VSK and Baron Black, by the way. Um, and then private party win with a new tag team move. Private Party is now 10 and 9 in the tag team rankings. What did you think about this uh, match and competitors? Um, Good match overall, but boring. Mm -hmm. Athletic as hell. Like, 
all the spots you would want in a match, but private party has no swag. Like, I feel like we see, I see through the gimmick. Like, I feel like in, in reality, they're not the gimmick that they're trying to be. Mm. Like, it, it doesn't feel authentic. And maybe it, maybe they do have the personality, but they don't know how to translate that in their matches and in their promos. Mm. So, and, and this is coming from somebody from New York who was there when the Bucks signed them um, in HOG, was there in their last match, uh, the Bucks versus Pride Party in HOG. I was there. I was cheering them up. They're boring, bro. They're great in every way. Okay. Except for promo and in, in the ring, I feel like they, because they don't know how to translate their characters, it's just like a spot fest back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Instead of me feeling like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm into this. Like, it, like, I can't even complain about the quality of the match because the quality of the match was good. Yeah, the quality of the match was It was, was just really boring good. to me. Um, I like VSK. I think they should really do something with him. The other um, dude, Baron. Baron Black. I'm like, what the fuck is this dude? Yeah. He had this, um, like, tribal headgear. I thought he was a luchador at first when I saw the promo uh, call, uh, picture leading up to the match. I'm like, oh, a, a, a black luchador. Okay. That's interesting. When I see is like, no, it's like this, I want to say, like, bone version of Triple H's mask or something like that. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And, uh, like, just the way he wears his braids and everything. It's like, this dude, I felt like I was watching, uh, like, a, a horrible 80s gimmick trying to get over. Yeah. Like, that's that's the impression. But the other dude, uh, VSK, right? That's the name? Yeah. I liked him. Um, Private Party, like I said, I like everything they, they do. I just they don't. They just need to do something else. Yeah, they, they, I think the gimmick needs to change and they need to do something that feels natural to them. I feel like they're forcing everything. Yep, I agree. And I think VSK should be pushed. And uh, I need I need Baron Black to get a whole makeover on whatever it is that he's trying to do. Um, but other than that, like I said, Private Party is now 10 and 9. Let's get into the next match, which is another... Uh, singles for the in the women's competition, we have Ka- the Queen of Crazy Kylie King, who is currently one and thirteen in females competition, versus Rache Chanel, who is zero and three overall. So Kylie recently got her first win in AEW, and it seems like they're trying to push her more. And you know, I feel like she had an interesting match with. Uh, Oh, Rache's, uh Chanel's antics. I believe that, you know, uh, Rache is definitely funny in the ring and still can work. And Kylan is a very strong competitor. And, you know, she eventually hits the Kingdom Falls for the win, making her 2 and 13. I think Kylan is one to check out in the future. What do you think? Kylan, yeah. I was confused at the opponent the whole time. I'm like, what am I looking at? Yeah. What am I looking at? What is, what 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 is the gimmick? What, like, what is this character I'm seeing? I think it's supposed to be Shanene. Is that the gimmick? She's trying to buy all this expensive wigs and yeah, because they were mentioning the wig and I'm and like, and the designer dresses and everything and designer bags and such. This is the most tackiest. 
put together person that I've seen on a women's division. Yeah. And that's saying something. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I guess tacky is the gimmick. It, but I was confused the whole time. I'm like, okay, get this over and with. And then when she was doing her her leg um, her leg smash, she started prancing to the other side of the ring. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was pretty funny. But, you know, like I, th- I said... I thought it was Shanene in the ring. Like like I said, that's Kylan is wanting to check out in the future. And I'm pretty sure she signed to AEW so, since you got her second. Yeah, shout out to, my, to the Martin fans who know that reference. All right, so <laughs> next we have uh, Sammy Guevara, who is currently 10 and 8 in singles. And we have Marco Stunt. Now, this is uh, Sammy's vlog storyline match. They give a little fist bump in the start of the match to begin. They have several comedic spots. Marco does his dragon Kanrana. And so, Sammy, Sammy basically um, dominates the whole, throughout the whole match. He does a very, It wasn't even in a dominating way, though. Like, I, like he got the most hard-hitting spots, but I feel like Marco held up his own even and lost. Like, yeah. This was probably, to me, the most impressive Marco stunt I've ever seen in my entirety of seeing him. Yeah. He's usually like a human torpedo. Somebody get a launch to throw him somewhere or use as a prop, pretty much. This showcase that the dude has actually talent. Yeah, he like I said, he does the Dragon Karnana. Uh Sammy does the springboard 450 splash to the outside. Uh, Marco then gives Sammy a head scissors to the outside apron. Um, and then he does a somersault over the pyro from the stage on Sammy, but uh, Sammy eventually overcomes, and it's the GTH for the win. Sammy is now Which you gotta 11 say, and 8. That move looks even more awesome with somebody the size of Marco getting hit with it. I think that's probably the hardest-hitting one Sammy's gotten off. Definitely. Um, it looked great. Um, Sammy's always flawless in the ring. He's currently 11 and 8. Like I said, we need another TNT standings. So, good match. I'd easily he definitely would be on it. Easily one of my favorites of the night, um, in my opinion. Sammy versus. But can, can we can we move on from Marco, Stunt, and Sammy and talk about... I'm going to just say this for the third time this show. Can we let this man talk? Can he talk more often? Can he get his promo game in like he did tonight? Like he did for this episode of Dark? Can we see this more often? Sammy standing on his own, cutting killer promo, saying he's the best. Because quite honestly, even at his weight class, he's still easily one of the best. He probably has more highlights than half of the, the roster from the start of AEW to now. He's definitely the highlight king. He's Mr. Dynamite. He's Mr. Everything. He's Mr. Inner Circle. He's Mr. Spanish God. That's it. Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Watch his Sammy vlog on YouTube. It drops every Tuesday. Uh, I, and, you know, they're starting to put some of their storylines into uh, Dark and uh, Dynamite as well. So they're trying to make it a huge multiverse, yes. Yeah. Before we move on, can we let this man talk? All right, all right. <laughs> so, anyways, we have another bubbly commercial, 
And speaking of commercials, let's hear another word from our sponsors. And we're back. Where did we leave off focus? We left off with Sammy saying that he wants to go after gold and basically challenge the whole roster. But let's move on and go into the next match, which is Dream Girl Ali, who recently made, made her debut on Dark last week, versus Penelope Ford, who is currently ranked number three and is uh, 10 and 5 in the win-loss records. Um, what do you think about this match? I think every time I think Penelope Ford gets better, she does a few things that regress <laughs> her back. Mm-hmm. So um, overall, the match was good, but there, I wouldn't necessarily say she botched the, the her finish, but I say she needs to. If that's gonna be her finish move, the springboard cutter into the other move, the fisherman suplex pin. It has to look more fluent than that. Yeah. Take your time and pace it. And then um, just a word of advice, maybe it doesn't make sense to do four flips and tire yourself before you have to do another rebound off the ropes to hit a cutter into another move. That's that's probably a, a good uh, a good point right there. Um, like Yeah, I was going to say that she needs to work on that cutter, but however, she has a great fisherman suplex bridge. Um, I didn't like Dream Girl Ellie's performance in the ring. Uh, either um, it is something that didn't click there. I didn't feel like they didn't have any type of chemistry at all. However, I did like it when uh, Penelope was trash talking her. I mean, she has the charisma. She just needs to work on the timing with different people and such. And you know, maybe she- I mean that's probably the problem with with some matchups on Dark. You're putting somebody who's new, getting new spotlight, who hasn't worked with anyone. And you're putting them against people who are not even vets in their own right, who's still learning their craft as well. Yeah, we got a whole so, bunch of people coming from the Nightmare Factory. So. so, yeah, so we're seeing a lot of test matches, like a lot of people who are still green in certain areas, guest spots where I feel like other well, uh, more established stars on the roster can have. Yeah. I think they're, they're taking up too many spots and... You know, in our previous conversation, I believe on the Dynamite episode we did, we, we spoke a, a little bit on, you know, the placement of, if they're going to make Dark more special, the, the placement, you got to be gotta be better. Like, you got to bring in more people who matter to AEW's roster and fill up a three-hour slot. It, feel, it was three hours, right? This this episode. Then yeah, three hours. Three hours slot. We gotta, we you know, you gotta filter the important talent in between the these types of matches where you have someone who's not necessarily the top of their game facing someone from the Indies who's trying out for AEW who's probably not even at the top of their game as well. So, um, overall, uh, decent match. Um, I feel like Penelope before just needs to work more on her in-ring. She has the look. She has, um, you know, the, the the package with Sabian, and she can be pushed in a good direction if the in-ring can match. I just want to see that, um, you know, progress a little bit more. 
All right, so let's get into the next match. We have a women's tag team match. We have Eva Lee and Diamante, who are currently seven and one in the women's tag team division, versus Lady Frost and Jenna, the Bionic Jenna, who are making their tag team debut. Now Jenna was debuted on Dark last week, as but however she changed her name before she was Genocide. Now she's getting known as the Bionic Jenna, and Lady Frost has making her debut in AEW. And Ivelisse and Diamante is the women's tag team champions that don't have a belt. They just have medals. The medals. <laughs> so, Do they defend the medals? No, they don't actually defend the medals. They just come out and squash all these jobbers that AEW decides to put together to face them because they really don't have anything else for Ivelisse and Diamante. But what did you think about this match? Um, Ivelisse and Diamante definitely carried this entire match. I don't know what's going on with this second 80s character gimmick for this show. Um, I guess that, they were like, since we got a male 80s character gimmick that's probably not going to get over, let's have a female one later on in the show. She looks ridiculous. I don't know what's going on. Um, like I said, Ivelisse, Diamante, my Puerto Rican boo, she carried this, they, they, they carried this match. Well, I disagree. I think Jenna is a great, strong competitor. She's been showing uh, very, as as a strong person. And, you know, it takes a lot from Diamante and Ivelisse because this is the, her, her second time facing them. And, you know, she was able to hit a double choke slam on them. However, Ivelisse and Diamante did hit the super kick into the cold red combination for the win. And Ivelisse and Diamante is now 8-1 and one in the tag team. I, I'd be impressed with the double choke slam she did if she didn't have this bionic gimmick attached to her. Because it's not like she lifted them clear off the ground. They obviously jumped up and it looked... Like they jumped, and they didn't even get off the ground that high. You're you're getting built as this bionic machine, Terminator '80s, Tin Man, Woman thing. You have to look flawless in your execution. If you're gonna be doing things like a double choke slam, you're gonna have to lift these ladies off the ground. I, I'm what I really wasn't impressed with 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 her. If she was, if that gimmick wasn't attached to her, that super strong bionic woman, and she was just a regular wrestler that. Happened to pull off a double choke slam, I'd probably be more impressed. I mean, she is, she just debuted, so let's see how eventually. I mean, she did change her name from last week. We'll see what, what else she changes. That, that's probably her gimmick. She'll probably be something else next week. You never know. What was her gimmick looking like last week? Because she looked like a same, ten, 10 woman. It was, it was the same thing. Oh, okay. Except that now she changed her name from Genocide to. Bionic Jenna. Okay, so she needs to go from Tin Woman to iRobot or something next week. Because it wasn't working for me. So next we're going on to the next match. We have Brandon Cutler, who is currently 3-3 in 2020 singles competition. Um, Versus Adam Priest, who is 0-1. Uh, Brandon's on a three-man winning streak. Ricky Starks is on commentary. 
Brandon has hilariously on commentary. Yeah, uh, Brandon has improved so much in the ring. He dominates most of this match, and uh, it looks like he's been uh, working out in the gym with the Bucks and maybe Omega. You never know. Adam is a good worker. He knows how to target limbs. He does a great Russian leg sweep neckbreaker. Uh, Cutler hits the TPK for the win. He is currently four and three in win and loss record. What do you think? Can we talk about that diving elbow clap between the legs thing, Brandon Cutler? Did we have to rewind it? Because you're like, what was that? He did like a rebound off the ropes and like did like a clap between his legs and then elbow drop the dude. It was a good variation of the elbow job. It was definitely different. Um, Brandon Cutler, for the most part, I can't take his ass serious because of the shenanigans of BTE and the whole loss thing. But he is improving, and I, you know, I'm enjoying it. I, nothing negative, but I still see him as the goofy, you know, guy who holds the camera and interacts with the Bucks and was losing with uh, Peter Avalon. So um, I just want to see him develop. I want to see where he goes, and hopefully, he does take a more serious tone. And that's what they were hinting to on commentary as well. That Brandon Cutler's been more focused. He barely even says hi, and, and Ricky Stubbs is like, he hasn't even said hi to me. If he doesn't say hi to me by next week, then he's he's gonna have to deal with he's gonna have to deal with FTW because you know Team Taz don't play. <laughs> like, so you know, I, I just want to see where that's going. Maybe Ricky Starks is gonna help Brandon Color up his stock a little bit and have a little match. On Brandon Dark. joining FTW. Uh, Doubt it. Taz, make sure you take that fucking dragon mask off of his. He's going to be an orange dragon. <laughs> Probably. So, uh, great match from both of these competitors. Shout out to Adam Freese. Um, Next, we have a segment. We have the waiting room with Britt Baker and uh, Re- Rebel, not Reba. Uh, Britt ba- Baker, that's her monologue. She brings out uh, Ty Conti. She asks how to pronounce Ty's name because she doesn't want to be the one to mispronounce Meepo's name, which is funny because that's exactly what she does to Rebel, not Reba. Uh, Tony Savani sends in a mailing question, asking Ty's relationship status. This eventually leads to an argument between Tay and uh, Britt. And during that, uh, Rebel, not Reba brings out the acclaim and they rap to end the segment. What did you think about this segment? First of all, can I say for like the fourth time, can you let the acclaim talk? I mean, they, they do. They, they do. They definitely they do. do. But I want to see more of that. I'm, I'm enjoying the acclaim. And for the fifth time, can we let Brick Baker talk? Her I'm, new segment, I, I'm enjoying that. I do like her in the roles where, you know, she's has those kind of gimmicky situations. She's done, like, the... She's been the only one to have, like, the backstage cinematic match or, you know, these promos in the wheelchair. So I, I like this side of, of Britt Baker. More of that. Uh, yeah, and shout-out to the claim. Shout-out to <coughs> Anthony Bowen and uh, Max Caster. Um, it was it was great. They saved the whole segment. Um, shout out to Ty Conti. I'm surprised Anna Jay didn't come out with her as Anna Jay's trying to recruit her to the Dark Order, but that's neither here and there. Another great segment. 
Next, we have a trios. We have MTB, Caesar, Seth, and Seth in their trios debut. Caesar uh, been featured on Dark recently. MTB, who looks like evil, and Seth, who looks like uh, a southern strong guy. Um, that's what that's just what he looks like. Uh, make their debut in AEW, and they're facing the Gun Club which is Billy Gunn, Austin Gunn, and uh, the older son who recently joined, Colton Gunn. Uh, now, Caesar has, like I said, has been featured in the past and continues to be impressive. He's the, he's the tallest one in this uh, Jabra trio, and he basically uh, even, even manhandles uh, Billy Gunn at one point. Um, but however, the Gun Club does many tag team moves and quick tags. Um, Colton eventually gets the win with the Colt 45. The Gun Club is now 2-0 in trios. What did you think about the match? I think this match did exactly what it was supposed to do, which was showcase the Gun Club, showcase Colton as um, the new member and the new son that's being showcased for AEW. Um... That's pretty much it. You know, I, I can't really comment on the other guys because they were really the jobbers of the situation to get the gun club over. And, you know, but like you said, dude looked like a fake evil, um, which was distracting to me. <laughs> but decent match, um, not the greatest, but it wasn't bad. It was it, it did just enough to get me interested in Colton, which was the point. Yeah. What do you think of him using the Colt 45? Which is the famouser? Yeah, it looks better him doing it than Billy Gunn does now. All right. So you know, take that how you want. So shout out to the Gun Club for winning this match, part of their net nightmare family. Um, next, we have uh, Panda Express versus Jurassic Express, who is twelve and. Before five you get into this, I need we need to call Peter. We need to call Peter. This this match was a blast for me. First, we have aliens invading AEW and fighting women. Zombies. We have zombies fighting women. Oh, fighting women, and 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 now we have dinosaurs fighting fucking pandas. Both endangered species. One extinct. We're lucky we even had Jungle Boy at this point. Yeah. You know. Jurassic Express is full of extinct people and the pandas are fucking endangered and you guys choose to slaughter these pandas. One looking like a, a, a pandorine, which is Wolverine mixed with a panda. You heard that correctly. This man looked oh like God. Wolverine with a panda face. <laughs> They, they destroyed the pandas. It, it, I felt like it was a direct shot at WWE. We're going to kill pandas. And, and that's all we're, we're, we're going to do tonight. All right, I so. enjoyed I, although I, I you know Although we need to get Peter involved for some of the insensitive nature of these matches, I did enjoy uh, the pandas getting slaughtered by the dinosaur. So we have the Panda Express. We have Ultimo Panda and Super Panda uh, for this outlaw. <laughs> that's really their names. Outlaw Backyard Ultimo Panda Mud Show. and Super Panda. For this Outlaw Backyard Mud Show cosplay wrestling bullshit. 
Ultimo Panda gets tired running the ropes. You know what's funny? The name should have been switched. Super Panda should have been the fat one, and Ultimo Panda should have been a uh, uh, pandarine. Okay. And that Super Panda that strikes doesn't even phase Luchasaurus, and these Poe endangered in all caps pandas. Luchasaurus beats the shit out of them. Jurassic Express is now 13 and 5. These Poe, Poe, Poe pandas. These Poe pandas. <laughs> somebody called the World Wildlife. What, what is it? World Wildlife Exploration? World Wildlife Foundation. Foundation, whatever. The to save the, save the pandas. Save the pandas, AEW. <laughs> you got to save them. Oh, Poe pandas. The fact that we're seeing dinosaurs versus pandas in 2020 is hilarious. Now, would you want to see more of the panda? No, no. I, I, think, I think the pandas died. I think they should stay dead as far as those two go. Um, maybe choose a different animal next week to fight Jurassic Express, but uh, Pandarine <laughs> and 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 uh, Snorlax. I mean, <laughs> Ultimo Panda. Okay, <laughs> I'm good on that. Y'all can hold that. I just want to see this them this one time. That was enough. All right. So next we have another tag team match. We have TH2, who is currently four and five in tag team, versus the Hollywood Blondes, who are two and five in tag team. Now, this is another great match for both teams, and Halico showed great technical ability as always. Jack does a great springboard to the outside, and Halico makes Brian tap out with a, a Navarro roll. Uh, TH2 is now five and five on in their win and loss record. They beat up Brian Pillman after the match, and Top Flight Top Flight makes the save. What did you think about this match? Um, I'm interested in in Top Flight, and I feel like that was the real premise of this. This was another kind of jobber situation. What's pissing me off is that. They're like you. They pick and choose what lineages to respect and 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 treat regular. S- similarly to WWE and the treatment of Natalia, I see that happening to Brian Pillman Jr. Why does he have to take the loose the loss? Why couldn't Jungle Man take Griff that Garrison? loss? Griff fucking Garrison. Yeah, Griff fucking Garrison. Why he couldn't take the loss? Every time I, I get to see Brian Pillman Jr., the man is the one taking the pin. I think it's because he's still part of MLW and he can't sign to AEW, but they want to push this Hollywood, Hollywood Blondes tag team for some reason because they actually have gotten wins in the past. So I feel like this tag team match could have gone either way as far as momentum you know, it wasn't like they, this is just another job or match. This is basically like almost be, becoming like a legitimate tag team that you get to watch every week. So, anything else you want to say about this? Um, not really. I mean, if they would have needed, if they would have needed to do, uh, put those guys on a, you know, better pedestal. 
you know, Top Flight is, is definitely a good tag team to watch. And I want to, I definitely want to see more from them. Yeah, they're young as hell, too. So, yeah, definitely more of that. All right. So, next we have another tag team match. We have the acclaimed, who are who is Anthony Bowen and Max Caster, who is three and one versus Alex Chamberlain and David Damian Fenfear. Um, the acclaim come out and Max Caster instantly comes out with the bars. Anthony Bowen is strong and quick as hell and does a lot of hard hitting strike. Um, him and Max Caster has very different styles. But yet, they seem to match very well and it's a very vicious and effective tag team. Um, they do a uh, sunset flip uh, neckbreaker. Um, Alex Chamberlain also looks like a strong competitor, but he got punked out by Bowen. Um, Max hits the mic drop, which is the elbow drop for the win. We have the acclaim now 4-1 and one in their win-loss record and via tag teams. Now, what do you think of the claim? Can we let them talk even more? Um, big early John Cena Thugonomics vibes. Um, but I'm enjoying that. More of that. More of that? More. More of that. More. I agree. Like I've been saying for a couple of weeks now that AEW really needs to push the claim. Um, you have Anthony Bowen who has the star quality look, and then you have Max Caster with the amazing mic game. He's able to make battle raps against his competitors before the match, throwing them off the game. Um, he's even even he's always on beat, so he has a great flow as well. So shout out to the claim Anthony Bowen and Max Caster. Looking forward. So more of your matches. Anything else you want to say? No, pretty much summed it up. All right, so let's get a final word from our sponsors. Just don't worry, this is the last commercial break. It was a long dark. It's a long review. We're going to have the final three matches, and we'll get right back to you here on Kayfabe Avenue, AEW After Dark Review. And we're back from our final commercial break with and we have our final three matches let's get into the first one we have the dark orders number five alan angels who is currently four and six in overall competition and we have matt seidel who is currently five and three in singles competition so this match could basically go either way um Preston Vance of the Dark Order, who's number 10, decides to stay at number 5's corner. And that basically plays a huge role into this match. Uh, at the beginning, Allen tries to recruit Matt Seidel, but Matt Seidel wasn't trying to have it. And instead, Seidel told him to leave the Dark Order and come to his side, which basically angered number 5. This was a great technical match. Uh, Seidel is barely using his high-flying moves now. Um, Allen is showing a lot more aggression, and like I said, this match could have gone either way. X inter uh, interrupts many times, but Matt hits his new finisher for the win. Matt is now 6-3 in, in singles competition. What did you think about the match? Uh, the match was pretty good. Um, I thought 
maybe uh, what's his name from Dark Order? I'm sorry. Alan Angels. Alan Angels. I thought Alan Angels was gonna get the win in this one because they, you know, gimmick wise, cut his hair and I think they were trying to, you know, push him to be, you know, a little bit better in BTE. So I thought that was gonna carry over in Dark. Um, but you know, he didn't look bad in defeat. It wasn't like it was a squash match. No, this was, this and was basically like of course Evan Bourne. Of course, Evan Bourne isn't able to. He has to switch his style up. That that spill he got because of Mike Nakazawa trying to do the the what is it star the shooter star press. Oh my lord! So he, my theory is he probably got hurt and didn't want to lose his shine and you know trying to work it off by switching his style up a little bit for now. Yeah. So shout out to Matt Seidel. Um so the pressure showing switching up his style, and like I said, Alan Angels showing more aggression. Uh, I'm liking what they're doing with Alan Angels in the Dark Order. Um, it sucks that he couldn't have went won this one, but it is what it is. So we have next we have uh, Fuego del Sol, who is currently zero and four, and he's facing Trinity Peter Avalon, who is zero. And 27 in overall competition. Now, I like to say that this is a very good match for both competitors. You have Sammy Guevara's best friend, Fuego, who's been featured a lot on, on Sammy's vlog. He's been trying to get a match with QT, which I think eventually, uh, if he does have a match with QT, he'll win and get his first win. But as of right now, Fuego did not win. Pretty Peter Avalon gets his first win uh, after he hits uh, Fuego Del Sol with the Martinis. But don't count Fuego out. This was a great match. Lots of head scissors, lots of hurricane runners, lots of fast-paced action. He really got in a lot of his spots in uh, with Peter Avalon. So don't discount him. And uh, what do you think about this match? Um, it, it was all right to me. I, I won't complain about it. Peter Avalon's gimmick change was hilarious to me. Um, yeah, I really don't have too too many big thoughts on it. They're trying to get Peter away from that Liberian stuff, and he finally has a win. Yep, he finally <laughs> has his win. When I saw Fuego, I was like, at first when I saw Fuego, I was like, you know, I didn't make the connection. That was him. I'm like, oh, is this a main event? And then I saw Fuego come out. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. It's definitely, <laughs> definitely not the main event. It's not the main event. Fuego's here. you know, this is another one of those um, things in AEW. And I feel like it could make a break AEW. They lean heavy on the comedy gimmick stuff. You know, and sometimes we want people to be taken serious. We want certain feuds to feel like it's serious. And when you have most of those people maybe the top four guys that are doing it, the rest of the card is not really taken serious on that level. Because let's be honest, even people like a Kenny Omega, we don't take his character serious. We know he's great in the ring. We know he's going to get it done in the ring, but we don't take his character serious. Even his cleaner, he's transitioning to that. We don't really take it serious. You know, there's not too many guys like a Lance Archer, like a Mox, that come in and give you that feel. So, you know... If you are going to go with that gimmicky comedy stuff, 
these are the guys you do it with. Pretty Peter and Fuego. Good, I, good match, though. I, I, never, I know it works with uh, Fuego and Peter having the comedy because they're still talented. You know, they're, they're not giant wrestlers, so they can't really be booked in big matches and such. But, you know, they still have technical ability and they still are able to be entertaining. And I feel like this was a great spot for both of them. And um, eventually, you know, we'll see some some more from both of these competitors. I mean, like I said, Fuego is Sammy's uh, best friend. And I'm starting to wonder if uh, they're, they're going to offer Fuego a contract because basically he's over on the internet right now. Uh, Everybody loves Fuego. Everybody wants to see the I don't know. Tornado DDT. Even Cody Rhodes. Corn- this just makes Cornette, right? Like, this is definitely all friends wrestling. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's a necessarily a good thing or, or a bad thing, but I don't know. So you don't like Fuego? He's just a guy I know I, I'll never take serious. And that's my problem. I mean, you know. I want to take... These wrestlers maybe, maybe he'll take maybe he'll go to the gym, he'll hit the weights, get bigger, become you know, get a couple surgeries on his right knee, you know? <laughs> I got a couple surgeries on my right knee. <laughs> Shout out to Fuego, the Luchador for from Birmingham, Alabama, which is the capital of Lucha Wrestling in in Alabama. Um, according to Taz. Uh, next, we have a triple threat tag match. We have Chaos Project, who is currently 5-2 and two in the tag team win and loss record. Um, then we have the Dark Order, who is ranked 5 and ha- is currently 12-2 and two in tag team. And then we have Jersey's Finest, Sunny Kiss, and Joey Janela, who are at 8 and six in tag team. Now, this was a great match from all teams. Yeah. Lots of high spots. Uh, interesting, interesting tag team dyma- dynamics from Chaos uh, Project. You, uh, <laughs> basically, Luther is using Serpentico as a weapon and is throwing him and slamming him on all the opponents and everything and basically forcing him to do things that Serpentico doesn't want to do. Um, the Dark Order is great. As always, you have Stu Grayson and um, Evil Uno in this match, and they're always phenomenal together. Lots of great tag team um, chemistry between them. And then you have Joey Janela and uh, Sunny Kiss. And uh, AJ, what do you think about this match? I think it was a good showcase of all tag teams. Um, but going in, I I knew that it should be, and I wanted it to be Dark Order pulling off this win. Um, especially with the absence of Brody Lee, I feel like the Dark Order needs these wins. Not only that, they're the highlight of BTE. Silva's easily the highlight of, of BTE and becoming the highlight of Dynamite. So, you know, more Dark Order wins for the group. I enjoy, you know, recently I've been enjoying everything that Evo Uno and Stu's been in. Um, I can't, I can't really much say say too too much else. It was a great match. 
And you know, I'm glad they're showcasing Sonny. I'm glad they're show, showcasing Joey, Janela a little bit more. Um, I like this. I still don't know if I'm on the board with the way fucking they pan the camera on Sonny's ass every time they fucking show him in the damn ring. I think somebody in the camera, uh, working the camera, has an infatuation with Sonny's butt. I mean, that's, that's Sonny's gimmick, so I guess that they're going to focus on that. <laughs> um, what do you think about Chaos Project and Luther using Serpentico um, as a... I think that's, ain't that like their whole gimmick is like pain and suffering and inflicting pain to themselves? I guess so. So it, it I think it fits in to what they're trying to do. Um, but if Chris Jericho was supposed to give the rub to Luther in their match, it failed. I'm not interested in Luther. Um, this match didn't make me more interested. Um, as a tag team, maybe. Uh, I can see that being a gimmick that they could use against certain people down the line to get like the hardcore aspect out of the tag team division. But I don't think I'll ever see Luther as a solo star. Him package with Sir, or Serpentico, I, I think it works. And them doing the... First of all, what was Serpentico thinking that he can lift Luther and use him that's, as the body? <laughs> that's, that's, that's part of their gimmick, that he tried to do it to him too, but he always fails. So, all right. If that's the gimmick, I, I get it. But, you know, it was funny in, in the initial showing of that, that spot, but... You know, it's pretty cool, but I think this is the only way Luther works. Yep. And then the Dark Order gets the win with the fatality, showing why they're ranked number five. They are currently 13 and two in their win loss uh, as far as tag team. Um, hopefully, they'll get a match against the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Um, but that was the main event, and with that being said, what do you think about this whole episode of uh, Darkomania? Yeah, this is definitely Darkomania. This is WrestleMania levels of fucking time spent. Um, I think they're doing better as far as the fusion between Dark and Dynamite, so that made me interested in the overall show more this week. They did better on as far as the the structure of the show, as far as, you know, an important match here, an important match here, then the gimmicky match, then the tryout match, then the, then the good product, match, good promo. placements. You know, it, it made it more interesting. I, I definitely see a, a more, you know, a, a bigger evolution for Dark, for AEW Dark coming more soon, but I what I think they need, like I said earlier, is they just need to do this early. They need this early enough that they can keep people because I would tell you a lot of these matches that they pull off on Dark could be instant classics if we had the crowd or at least half of the crowd that we have on Dynamite yeah. cheering these matches on. A lot of that makes these matches feel hollow. So you know, to that effect, you got to give them credit that they're keeping our attention with no interaction from the crowd. We're basically just focused on the the wrestling only and a bit of the banter and funniness of the commentary. Overall, the show, though, match quality-wise, I'd give it, like, probably an 8 overall. 
over, uh, eight for the show overall. Good promos um, from Archer. Um, I like Britt Baker's segment. Um, my my one of my favorite matches, like I said earlier, was the Marco stunt. Sammy Guevara, you know, showcasing Marco in the light that I didn't, you know, I never knew he had this level of talent. So, I think they hit the right notes, bigging up Sean Spears and bigging up certain people. So, I enjoyed this this dark, and I actually am looking forward to next week's dark. So it it, it hit a home run as far as I go. All right. So with that being said, um, that's the main event. This is gonna wrap up our review. Um, you can find me at, on Instagram, username is taken, try another, um, like, comment, subscribe on our YouTube, listen to our podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcast, and wherever you can listen to us, listen to the Chaotic Dreams podcast as well. Um, anything else you want to plug? Yeah, you can just find us all collectively at Kayfabe Avenue, like he said, on YouTube, join the Facebook group, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us at Kayfabe Avenue on Instagram. And like you said, like, share, subscribe. And if you do enjoy the podcast, you want to see this train going, click on the support link on Anchor. Click on that support link on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show. Donate uh, what you will. Keep the lights on. Keep the train moving. Um, other than that, like, John- share, comment, and subscribe. Johnny, I'm getting kind of hungry. All the rest of the table for two. Let's take a bite out of that. Oh, I hear ya. Table for two. Oh. Save me a bite. <laughs> and guess what? Johnny Hungry. Oh. <laughs>